Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs produced and presented at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Arich Nord. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nations. We'd like to pay respects to Elders past, present and becoming, as well as any First Nations listeners. The bodies and stories of Muslim women in Australia and around the world have been on high rotation in the media for the last decade at least. Everyone has something to say about Muslim women, yet very few people are interested in speaking with or listening to them. As part of a partnership with the Australian Muslim Women's Centre for Human Rights, 3CR facilitated a podcast training program for young Muslim women to equip them with the skills to both define and publish their own stories. On today's Women on the Line, we hear from three participants of this training, Idil Ali, An al-Samad and Farhana Sanif, about the representation of Muslim women, as well as the importance of owning one's story. I think we're lacking in all forms of media. I think often there's people speaking on behalf of us, experts, people who think um, because they've studied us or um, their job requires working with our communities that they know what we want and need. I think personally we're experts in our communities and experts in ourselves. I think it's really important that when we have one form of representation, then uh, not only is it not fair for all of us in the community? It's really unfair on them because they have to represent so many people. And I think the more representation we have of Muslim women, it means that everybody can represent themselves and you can find people that you can relate to. And if you can't find anybody you, sh- you can relate to, then you need to be up there. Because, um, of course, there's like so much intersectionality. Just doing this program with all these women, we are all very different. Yeah, and adding on to that, like, um, we're always misrepresented and we're, like, considered as a minority. We're always considered as the other. Like, it's always us versus them. I think, yeah, I think that's why we need a platform somewhere just to start, just to put ourselves out there and say, hey, this is us. Uh, I also think that there, for example, if I bring it closer to home, like, I've been doing university for six years and everything I've learned and everything, all my experiences are just kept with me. I don't, I do not engage with any of the community. And I felt like in doing this program, I needed to get out of that comfort zone. I needed to get over that fear of not being smart enough or not being able to talk about my experience and my knowledge when I am able to, if that makes sense. Because sometimes the fear of both your own community, your own family, society, really um, makes it difficult for you to venture out and do programs like this one. Absolutely. And what about the specificity of the experience of young Muslim women or like third culture kids where we are 
you know, either born or raised in Australia or grew up here or whatever. Um, and then also we are Muslim and we have families and we have cultures and being able to live all of those truths. Like I grew up, I grew up in Geelong. It's like the most boganous, the, the most racist, yeah, racist um, country, uh, city ever. So like I couldn't, I per- personally, I didn't fit in, in any of the groups. I couldn't, I was I pretty much saw myself within an Orientalist like perception, like I'm I'm one of them, but then again I'm not in a way. So I, for me, I didn't fit in, like I couldn't, yeah, because of where I was I was living. So I think to add to that, it's also being second or third generation Australian Muslim women. We are a specific nation. We um, often have different our experiences are so different to that of our parents or even family members a generation before us. And like even being like the first university graduate or the first person to venture out and do new things, connecting with women, young, especially young Muslim, Muslim women, and trying to help them like do things that they were una- that we found difficult to do and connect them, I think is really important. Because I know for me, a lot of the times I wasn't aware of um, just what was out there, and I had to find it as a second-generation Australian, um, and that was really difficult. And I feel like it's important for young Muslim women to have a voice so they can connect with with other like-minded women. Yeah, I think in having in having more people on the platform, more Muslim women on platforms speaking about their experiences as Muslim women, it means that. Um, we represent more groups and then for me personally it's not about letting white people know what we're what we're like like it's not about proving our humanity to them I think it's really important that when there's more of us speaking we're we're building cohesion between our communities like we're we're building understanding because let's be honest the Muslim community because of so much of the intersectionalities in that we're all very different there is a lot of misunderstandings there's a lot of like um stigma that comes within the community a lot of racism a lot of sexism like we're like just like every other community and I think we need to sort through that and it's really difficult because there's also there's people that talk about us and they will try to attribute um the the problems the problems of racism or sexism or like anything that we have or like homophobia they try to attribute it to religion when it's not that it's a societal problem that every community has and we want the space we want the platforms um we want the access to be able to sort through our problems with our community rather than us having to come into white spaces and then explain ourselves over and over again and then there's no conversation it's more we're being used as a case study and like it's just not good enough yeah 100 percent. and i see that um often that is the case you know representation is representation to a white audience you know it's to demonstrate how many different muslims there are but when in actual fact we do have problems within our communities right and often it's too scary to bring them up in a public space because you don't want to get bashed on because we're already getting bashed on as muslim especially as muslim women right Mm. what kind of conversations do you think we should be having as muslim women what kind of conversations do you think are lacking or the ones that you are craving um that you will be inevitably producing on your podcast very (laughs) soon um yeah i think inevitably we're going to all be talking about how we communicate with and how we build community with First Nations people. I think for the longest time, 
we have the difficulty of like we're coming into the country as people who are displaced and a lot of us who came from countries well I, I can't speak for all Muslim people but my experience of coming from a country that was colonized and there, there was war and um and were displaced people it's difficult to come into a country a settler colonialist country and be part of the problem and I think it's really important for us to build meaningful relationships with First Nations people so that we don't continue to come and then contribute to their genocide and to their oppressions and I think it's really important that we're not giving false sovereignty to the government because what we're doing is we're trying to keep ourselves safe and in trying to keep ourselves safe safe we're trying to get white australia to accept us and i think in doing that it's so dangerous because we're contributing to somebody else's oppression and until they stop being oppressed we won't be we won't stop being oppressed um so for me inevitably i think it's really important um to talk about community cohesion um not just with first nation people but within our communities there's so much, because of the, the intersectionality, so much of the differences, we need to have discussions amongst us um, and and in really safe spaces, in places where we're not attacking each other and in places where we're not broadcasting. Like, I think it's important in terms of accessibility because not everybody's in a space, but sometimes people don't want recordings of what they have to say to get out there. We need spaces to get together and talk about things and make mistakes. That way we can ask questions, you know? Uh, I feel like for me, one of the biggest things I learned in doing this program was just how different and, well, what's the word? Like how different everyone's experience is and learning about different cultures and how they see, even just within Islam and the community and just um, the inherent racism in some of the communities I was not aware of. And I feel like opening the discussion of being aware of yourself and being aware of seeing other people suffering because I f like for sure I did not believe that in the community there was racism I thought if you were Muslim the Muslims will look after you but that's not the case which I, which I've only found out through talking to people of different cultures outside of mine people of different communities and I feel like bringing the differences and talking about them really makes you more aware of not only yourself but what you're also projecting out in the world so I think discussions in that would be good yeah no like I completely agree I think we need to start off with our community um, and starting from that as a starting point and then maybe working away around uh, Islamic theology so for example we always base everything about the Quran and the Hadith and I think there's we need to find out different interpretations of that and maybe spin it into a light where it's um, not... For example, like, I, I'm I'm pro-feminist, so, like, spin it to a light where it's um, not androcentric. On Community Radio Around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. All right, so where do you find your support? Because you know what? It is really hard. Like in um, there are problems and things on the news and experiences that other Muslim women have. Where do you find your support when it's actually just really, when it's getting really hard? To be honest, I had nowhere to go. I mean, for the longest time, I never. if there was a problem in society or the community, it was either 
talked about with my closest friends and that's it. Even talking about it with family is quite difficult because their idea and their viewpoints on the topic would be so different to yours that you just create arguments. So you would try and shut it down. So I feel like that's one of the reasons I want to get involved in the community because you do have this, it does get hard and you have all these questions and you're like, what can I do? I've got this teaching degree. I'm supposed to be out there, but I have no avenues. I don't know how to. So for me, the support was never really there. I never really had it. Maybe the internet, that's about it. Um, I think because of my intersectionalities, where I get my support would be from black Muslim women. I think I go to black Muslim women who are not necessarily, because I think often people say strong black women. I Not really that, like the um, just regular Muslim women that I can relate to, who I guess, to be honest, all of them are strong, but I'm not going to go for the whole strong angle because that, by default, people think that that means they don't show vulnerability and they do, and they show a lot of... Um, a lot of like weaknesses and a lot of the ways that they handle things sometimes are a matter of survival rather than a matter of doing what's right. And I think that that's really important too because you need that validation sometimes that you can't stand up for every person, stand up to every person who says something horrible to you or um, says something out of line. You just, you can't, you have to pick your battles. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, Women on the line. Women on the line. okay so what are some things that we are obsessing over at the moment that are you know not necessarily muslim women related just music or films or um whatever it is where where are we what's exciting us right now i have a million things please listen stormzy is coming to australia Stormzy is coming to Australia, and if he doesn't cancel, I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> Stormzy, I feel like it's going to be like, but legit, I feel like it's too good to be true. So either he's going to cancel or he's going to come in Ramadan. So like, in my heart, like I could just feel it coming. Like I can tell he's going to pull some shit like that. And he he's dating a Somali girl, so he should know better. So if he does some shit like that, but Loki, he might because... It's Australia, like, and she's, like, over there. So she's going to be like, I don't give a shit about Australia. So next thing you know... I can confirm that it's not in Ramadan. I already not checked. A, it's good? It's in July. I can't We're actually fine. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, can you please explain um, who exactly this Stormzy character is? Um, so Stormzy is this UK rapper. He's uh, a very talented young man who's Somali by association. He's married... He's <laughs> married... I really want what's in my head. He's... <laughs> He's dating a Somali girl. <laughs> In my heart, they're getting married. And they're going to have little beautiful Somali children. And he's going to be part of our community. So does anyone else have some exciting <laughs> things that are popping up in their lives that they're very much... You know, things that keep you, you know, things that keep you happy, things that keep you fresh and whatever. Uh, I feel for me, books have played a really big part in my life. And I recently finished two books which are, have been like life-changing and I put that very it's very big to say for me because I don't have very much life-changing books one of them is Stan Grant's Talking to My Country which I feel like every Australian should read it talks about his um, experience working his experience as an Indigenous person in Australia and just his struggles and and the conversations that need to be having have 
the conversations that need to be had in Australia that are not being ha- that's not happening basically. And the second book is when breath becomes air, and that's just gotten me to rethink about because well I first heard about the book because it apparently made Bill Gates cry, so I read it and it was amazing. It was life changing. Oh, and the podcast, The Call. It's about um, strong. I won't use strong, but women who have found their calling in life, and and how they use that to empower other young women. Basically, it's amazing. Amazing. And Farhana, what's giving you life? What's giving me life? I love Korean dramas. I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. Like seriously, I don't care if they have, you know, it's all plastic surgery or like, they they look good. (laughs) <laughs> it's just good to look at you know when you have a bad day <laughs> great okay so lastly before we say see ya where are you headed next in terms of you know having learnt some skills that will allow you to you know have ownership of those stories and be able to package them and broadcast them I know that previously you've always had ownership of your stories and no one's able to take that away from you but these skills um, do allow you to package them up in a way that will be broadcastable and people can listen to them where are you headed what are we doing next are we all going to do radio for the rest of our lives (laughs) is that happening I think I think we're going to all continue to make things I really for myself I want to practice like editing Mm. Um, I want to work on my art like I think it'd be really cool to be able to work spoken word into um (laughs) sorry I'm just dancing because I'm very excited by the fact that Idle just said she wants to work on spoken word and art and radio which is like my whole life so continue please (laughs) following your footsteps see black women out here thank you um yeah I think just practicing that I don't know about in terms of like having a radio show like I don't know if that's something that I see as a possibility right now but I do want the training for it so that if I do decide if I come up with the idea I think it's just about having those skills so when opportunity arises or you come up with the idea you can do it and there isn't that extra barrier so I think what we did with this program is get rid of a barrier well I think for me because well I'm on a break right now it's I think I have the time and the ability to try and figure out exactly what I want to talk about or even if I think one of the biggest things is just getting out there in the community and meeting new people I feel like this program has given me and also just going and I don't know creating a website which I've never done or recording audio even if I don't publish it or just figuring out ways to better articulate myself or um, especially thinking about this topic is relevant to me how can I express it in a way that is relevant to everyone else or how could how could talking about this issue help in creating solutions for it so I guess that's where I am at uh definitely um maybe maybe not so in radio probably podcasting uh, or blogging as well um because I feel like I write all these essays for uni and I have all these great ideas for uni but it it it's only read by my lecturer like he probably doesn't give a crap, you know, about the issues that are happening here. Um, so I think, yeah, it's important to get those ideas out somewhere to the, the community who needs it. 
Okay, thank you so much, Idol, Anna and Farhana for being here, for doing this amazing project, for coming in and say hi. Um, also, shout out to the amazing rest of the women who are part of the podcast project who are also in the room with us right now. Um, thank you so much for doing amazing things. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs>that was Farhana ending on the many ideas she has for a future in podcasting. For more information about the Australian Muslim Women's Centre for Human Rights, you can jump on their website. Women on the Line is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's program, so please send us an email on womenontheline at gmail.com. Women on the Line episodes can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Letikt, and the feature song for today's episode is Soul is Heavy by Nigerian rapper Neka. Thanks for listening today. I'm Arij Noor and I hope you can tune in again next time. Niger, in the loud and rowdy of my world, there's a secret place where I find myself. Can I find you, Biafra? The noise of horns of thirsty Nigerians, of hustlers, of mothers.